Welcome to the Kindred Church Podcast, where we talk about God, faith, and real life. This is Daniel Childs. I'm the host of the podcast and the pastor of Kindred Church. To learn more about how to connect with our community, check out our website at www.kindrednc.church. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. We're glad you've tuned in for today's episode. Now, let's talk about God. Well, hello and welcome to worship. Uh, for those of you that I haven't met before, my name is Daniel. I'm the pastor here. And whether this is your first time to tune in with us, uh, whether you're a longtime kindred member or anything in between, I'm so glad that you have tuned in. Uh, before we get into the sermon today, I want to let you quickly know about this event that we've got coming up next Sunday. That's uh, March 27th. For those of you who are new to kindred or newer, uh, I want to invite you to come out and attend this event called Kindred 101. It's going to be right after in person worship next Sunday. Uh, In-person worship will we'll start at 10 and wrap up around 11 or, or 11.15. After that, uh, we'll hang out at Kindred 101 for about an hour. And this is just a, a kind of casual time for me to introduce myself to you and, and get to know you uh, a little bit. And uh, the other Kindred staff will be there to introduce themselves as well. And we'll talk to you a little bit about uh, Kindred's mission and our values. We'll talk to you about ways that you can get connected in our community if and when uh, you're ready to, to do that. And it's time for you to ask any questions that you might have as well. We did this event for the first time last month, and the people who came out to that said that it was really helpful. So uh, again, if you're new or newer to to Kindred, uh, get that on your calendar, and and I'd love to see you next Sunday. Well, uh, our scripture for today comes from Exodus chapter 16, and this is verses 11 through 21. It says this, The Lord spoke to Moses, I've heard the complaints of the Israelites. Tell them at twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will have your fill of bread, and then you will know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening a flock of quail flew down and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew all around the camp. And when the layer of dew lifted, there on the desert surface were thin flakes as thin as frosts on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, What is it? They didn't know what it was. Moses said to them, This is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Collect as much of it as each of you can eat, one omer per person. You may collect for the number of people in your household. The Israelites did as Moses said, some collecting more, some collecting less. But when they measured it out by the omer, the ones who had collected more had nothing left over, and the ones who had collected less had no shortage. Everyone collected just as much as they could eat. Moses said to them, Don't keep any of it until morning. But they didn't listen to Moses. Some kept part of it until morning, but it became infested with worms and it stank. Moses got angry with them. Every morning they gathered it, as much as each person could eat. But when the sun grew hot, it melted away. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, there is, uh, there's this word that I've been hearing a lot lately, and as far as I know, this word is new to the English language, and yet it's become really popular really fast. And I think it's become popular because it names something that many of us feel. And the word that I'm talking about is adulting. Adulting. What exactly is adulting? Well, when you have to do something that's tedious, when you have to do something that is no fun, when you have to do something that adults have to do but but kids don't have to do it, basically that is uh, adulting. So uh, managing your retirement portfolio is like that's adulting. Um, uh, you know 
refinancing your mortgage, uh, that's uh, adulting. Things like paying your taxes, that's adulting. It's not always financial, you know, fertilizing your lawn, taking your car in for maintenance, uh, figuring out what's for dinner, going to the grocery store, making dinner, all of that could be classified as adulting. Um, it's kind of funny, I saw a meme uh, recently that uh, it was this picture of this woman looking exasperated and the meme said, no one ever tells you that when you're an adult, you have to figure out what's for dinner every night for the rest of your life. Uh, some of us are feeling that, right? And I think it's kind of ironic because when we were kids, we couldn't wait to be adults. We, we couldn't wait for that independence and that control, you know, but before I turned 16, I can remember I couldn't wait to get my license so I could drive. Uh, before I went off to college, I couldn't wait to, to move out of my parents' house and just live on my own. Before I turned 21, well, we won't get into, we won't get into that, but, but it's ironic that when we were kids, we, we couldn't wait for that independence and that, that control. But part of what I hear in this word adulting is that now that we are adults, there's a whole lot that we miss about just being kids, right? Because when we were a kid, we didn't have to worry about a retirement portfolio or uh, refinancing a mortgage or, or paying taxes or things like that, right? When we were a kid, we didn't have to worry about car maintenance or taking care of the, the lawn. Uh, we, we didn't have to worry about figuring out what was for dinner. When we were a kid, if we grew up in a healthy environment, we developed this, this kind of trust that we would just be given what we needed. We wouldn't always get what we want, and that's why we wanted to become adults so we could get what we want. But, but nevertheless, if we grew up in a healthy environment as kids, we developed a trust that we would be given what we need. Somebody's going to give us the food that we need. Somebody's going to take us where we need to go, when we need to go there. Somebody's going to look after us. And there's such a freedom in that, right? I mean, we, we see that kids have this incredible ability to just like live in the moment because they know they're not independent. They know they're not in control. And as a result, there's just so many things that they don't have to worry about. So I think when we talk about adulting, part of what we're naming is that we miss that part of being a kid, right? Um, and now that we're adults, what we've discovered is that trying to be independent Trying to control everything, it's exhausting and it's, it's overwhelming because there's just so many things to think about, there's so many things to worry about, uh, and no matter how much we try, no matter how much adulting we do, it seems like there's always at least one part of our life that is out of control, right? Or sometimes there's a lot of parts of our life that are out of control, and the harder we try to be more independent, the more we see how dependent we still are. You know, we're financially dependent on the economy, on our employer, on career opportunities, opportunities opening up for us that are oftentimes outside of our control in many ways. We, we bump into those realities. We're emotionally dependent, right, on our circumstances, on, on people uh, around us. Sometimes we bump into that too. Uh, our health is dependent. Our success is dependent. Our future is dependent on things that are often outside of our control, and that can be so stressful. You know, it seems like the harder we try to be independent and, and in control, the, the more exhausted the more anxious, the more stressed out we become. Uh, let's, let's just be honest for a second. This is a safe space. Some of you are watching this on your couch. Some of you are listening to this while you drive or, or whatever. So just nod your head. Humor me and just nod your head. If sometime just in the past week you found yourself feeling stressed out, overwhelmed, exhausted because there was something in your life that you wanted to control but you just couldn't control it. Maybe it was something at home. Maybe it was a situation at work. It could be financial. It could be health-related. It could be uh, relationship-related. We want to be independent. We want to be in control, but we can never quite get there as hard as we try, and it's so 
exhausting and we know we're exhausted. But I think a lot of times we, we sort of throw up our hands and think, well, well, what choice is there? This is just what adulting is. Now, maybe none of this uh, applies to you or resonates with you. You may be thriving. You may be living your best life. If that's you, uh, congratulations. The rest of us hate you. No, just kidding. We don't hate you. We're very happy for you. But if you are exhausted, if you are anxious, if you are stressed out because you are adulting your butt off and yet no matter how hard you try, you just can't keep everything under control. If, if that's you, then I'm so glad that you've tuned into this sermon today because what we're about to see is that Jesus has some very good news for you and Jesus has some very good news for me. Jesus is going to show us how we can lay that burden down and how we can follow him into a much, much better way of life. So let's see. Let's see what Jesus has to say about this. We're going to look at the Lord's Prayer today. We're going to focus in specifically on the third line of the Lord's Prayer. But real fast, just to, to catch you up, if you haven't been with us in, uh, in recent weeks, um, the, the disciples were following Jesus one day, and one of the disciples blurts out this question that was on all the disciples' minds and that has come up in many of our minds, I know, as well. Uh, he says, Jesus, uh, i got to be honest, this is embarrassing to admit, but I'm not 100% sure how to pray. So could you just teach us, Jesus, could you teach us how to pray? And in response, Jesus gives us the specific prayer that we now call the Lord's Prayer. And the Lord's Prayer works in, in two ways. On the one hand, this is a prayer that Jesus wants us to learn by heart. Jesus wants us to practice praying these words verbatim. Uh, but on the other hand, this is also a prayer that can serve as a guide for us. It can serve as almost like a template that, that we can use as we approach our own prayers in our own words. So we're in this sermon series where we're working through the Lord's Prayer line by line. And for each line, we're thinking about what does this mean and how does this teach us how to pray. So we've already covered the first two lines. If you missed those sermons, go back on the podcast or, or pull up the, the worship videos and, and catch up on those. Uh, Jesus starts by, by teaching us to, to say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and that brings us here to the third line. Here's what Jesus says next. Jesus says, pray like this. God, give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. So what does that mean, and how in the world does that help us to not be so anxious and, and exhausted and, and stressed out all the time. Well, to answer that, uh, we're actually going to have to take a little detour to a story in the Old Testament because when Jesus tells us to pray, give us this day our daily bread, Jesus is making a reference to this particular Old Testament story. Uh, so here's how the, the story goes. It's from the book of Exodus. And uh, some of you will remember uh, way back at the beginning of the Exodus story, the Israelites, the Israelite people, they're living in Egypt. And things are not going well for them because the Israelites at that point were slaves in Egypt. They were abused. They were mistreated. They were oppressed. And so they cry out to God. And God hears their cry, and God sends this leader named Moses. Some of you remember the story of Moses. And Moses ends up confronting Pharaoh, and he leads the Israelites out of slavery, out of Egypt, and into freedom. Well, once the Israelites are free, God makes a covenant with them. God says, hey, I'm going to be your God, you're going to be my people, and I'm going to lead you to this place called the Promised Land. 
And when you get to the promised land, that's going to be your new home. You can settle there. That's your new home. But God says between here and the promised land, there's this gigantic desert. So I'm going to lead you on this journey through this gigantic desert. And along the way, God says, I'm going to be teaching you some things about what it means to be the people of God. Uh, those of you that were with Kindred uh, over the, the past summer, we did like an eight-week sermon series on, uh, on Exodus. So I hope for some of you this is, this is ringing a bell. Uh, well, along the way, along this journey, the Israelites are out in the middle of the desert. And we get this story in Exodus chapter 16. At this point, the Israelites have run out of food. That's a big problem, obviously. And they're starting to get really, really hungry. And so they, they cry out to God and they ask God to provide them with some food. And God, of course, cares about them. God loves them. God certainly agrees to give them food. Uh, however, God sees an important teaching opportunity here. So God says to the Israelites, uh, okay, here's how this is going to work. God says, every morning... I'm going to give you this special bread. It's this bread that's called manna. And miraculously, somehow, this bread is going to come down from the sky overnight. And when you wake up in the morning, you can go out and you can collect this bread. But, but here's the catch, God says. And this is really important. Here's the catch. Uh, God tells the Israelites, you can only collect bread for that day. Don't try to collect bread for tomorrow. Don't try to save up. You don't need to save up bread, God says, because tomorrow I'll give you your bread for tomorrow. And the next day I'll give you your bread for that day and so on and so on. So each day, God says, just collect your daily bread. Just collect your daily bread. And I promise you, God says, every day I'll provide for you. Every day I'll give you what you need. Well, sure enough, the next morning, Israelites wake up, they, they go outside of their tents, they, they look around and they see that God has indeed sent them this bread. So they go out and they, they start collecting it. But as they were collecting the bread, did they follow God's instructions? Did they only collect what they needed for that day? Well, no, not at all. They got baskets and they started filling up these big giant baskets. They collected days and days and days worth of this bread. Now, why did they do that when God's instructions had been so clear? Well, because the Israelites wanted to have some sense of control, right? They wanted to feel some degree of independence. In a sense, I think the Israelites were, they were kind of adulting. Right? They're thinking, why should we depend on God for tomorrow's bread when we, we can just get it for ourselves today? So they just started grabbing as much bread as they could carry. Well, fast forward to the end of that day, and an interesting thing happens. Somehow, somehow, all that extra bread that they hadn't eaten that day, all that leftover bread, it, it instantly starts to rot. It, it like instantly spoils and becomes completely inedible. And it's kind of like God is saying to the Israelites, hey, what part of daily bread do you not understand? So that bread's all gone. And once again, Israel is, is right back to depending on God to give them what they need. Well, they wake up the next morning and sure enough, just like God has promised, they, they go outside their tents, they look around, God has provided their daily bread. Now they're starting to catch on. So then they just collect the bread that they need for that day. And they ate it all that night they went to sleep just as dependent on God as they were the night before. And the next day they, they wake up, they go outside their tents, and they see that once again God, just like God had promised, has provided daily 
bread. Well, it goes on and on and on like this for 40 years. The Israelites ended up being in the desert for 40 years, and every single day, this is how God fed the people. Now, I think all of this kind of begs the question of like, why did God do it this way? Why is this the way that God chose to, to give them food? I mean, why make such a big deal of, of teaching the Israelites how dependent they were on God? Is this like an ego thing? Does God like need to be needed in some kind of a way? Well, no, that, that's not it. But actually, God is helping the Israelites because here's what God knows. God knows that if the Israelites start saving up bread, if they start stockpiling bread, then over time, they're going to start to get the illusion that they are independent. They're going to get the illusion that they are in control. They're going to get the illusion that they're not dependent on God anymore. They're not as dependent on God. And once they lose sight of their dependence on God, pretty soon, God knows, they're going to start thinking they have to be independent. They're going to start thinking they have to be in control. And what God knows is that that is too great a burden for them to bear. Actually, that's too great a burden for any human to bear because there is no human who is completely independent. It's impossible. There's no human being who is in complete control. It's, it's impossible. And, and as we've all experienced, when we try to be, it just leaves us exhausted and anxious and stressed out. So what we're seeing here is God's teaching the Israelites a really valuable lesson that, that every single day they're dependent on God. And that's okay. That's okay because God is always going to give them what they need. That, that's the lesson in this ritual of the daily bread. That every single day they are dependent on God and that is okay because God is going to give them what they need. So let's jump back to Jesus. Let's jump back to the, the Lord's Prayer. When Jesus teaches us to pray, God, give us this day our daily bread, this is what he's talking about. This is what he's referring to. Jesus is saying to us, hey, uh, all of you exhausted people, all of you anxious people, all of you stressed out people, I've got some good news just for you. You don't have to be independent anymore. You don't have to be in control all the time because the truth is you are dependent on God. You always have been. You always will be. And you're not just dependent on God for food. You're dependent on God for every breath that you take. You don't ever think about it, but you're dependent on God for every beat of your heart. You're dependent on God for your very existence in every single moments. And all of that is okay. All of that is as it should be. Because God is going to give you what you need. Maybe not always what you want, but God is going to give you what you need. So Jesus is telling us here, hey, you need to spend some time in prayer acknowledging that. You need to spend some time in prayer naming your dependence on God. God, give us this day our daily bread. So don't, don't stop adulting. That's not the message here. Be responsible. Do your taxes. I cannot help you with the, with the IRS uh, if, if you don't. Uh, but remember, as you do all that adulting, remember that you have a heavenly father. And no matter how much adulting you do, you will always be a child in God's eyes. You have a heavenly father. And no matter how much adulting you do, you will always be a child in God's eyes.
So relax and breathe and, and just like a child would, trust that somehow, some way, you will be given what you need. Trust just like a child would that somehow, some way, you'll be given what you need. Now, I know as I say that, uh, some of you are thinking, uh, okay, Pollyanna, I mean, really? You know, look around at this world. It seems like there's a lot of people who don't have what they need. Now, notice, I didn't say that you'll always be given what you want. I didn't say that you'll always be given what you want in the way that you want, on the timeline that you want. I didn't say that God is always going to let you know how God is giving you what you need. But, you know, the same thing is true of my two-year-old daughter. I was thinking about this uh, this week. You know, I don't give her what she wants all the time. I certainly don't give her uh, all of what she wants in the way that she wants, on the timeline that she wants, and, and she would be happy to, to tell you about that. Um, and, and I don't always tell my two-year-old daughter how it is that I'm going about giving her what she needs. Uh, and yet... And yet, even though she disagrees with some of my choices, and yet she has this, this basic trust that, that somehow, some way, I am going to keep giving her what she needs, right? Uh, well, if that's the relationship that we have, and I'm just this flawed human parent, uh, how much more, as children of God, can we trust God? How much more, as children of God, can we trust God? Uh, but still, uh, I know that that is really hard. It's really hard for me to trust God that much, uh, that much of the time. And I'm guessing it's, it's hard for many of you as well. And so what all this means is that we need practice with this, right? We need practice with this. And God knows that we need practice. God knew the Israelites needed practice. That's why he gave them practice every single day for 40 years with this. And this is why Jesus teaches us to practice this in our prayers over and over and over again. Practice trusting. Practice trusting God for daily bread, for our daily existence. God, give us this day our daily bread. Um, here's another way that we can practice this. I think this is really important. It includes prayer, but, but it goes even beyond prayer. Uh, this morning in our in-person worship service, uh, we're going to start celebrating communion together every Sunday. And I don't have time today to unpack all the different meanings that communion has for us. We'll, we'll explore it in bits and pieces uh, over the weeks and months uh, ahead of us. But um, th this bread that we eat during communion... This is a bit like the bread that God gave to the Israelites. This is a bit like that manna because this bread that we share in communion, it's a reminder to us of our complete dependence on God. That when we receive communion, you know, some of you have seen this at Kindred or in other churches you've been a part of. When we receive communion, we come forward with our hands out. And we don't grab communion, right? We don't take communion, although sometimes we, we use that phrase, take communion, but really we're, we're receiving, right? We're just receiving this piece of bread, and that bread represents everything that God gives us. It's not just bread, but it's God's love. It's God's grace. It's the sustenance that we need. It's our very existence. And so we receive that communion bread, and we eat it. And as we do that, we're acknowledging our dependence. We're practicing trusting over and over, week after week, we're practicing trusting that one way or another, God is going to give us everything that we need. And we practice that not only because it's true, but because it frees us. 
It frees us from, from all of that exhaustion and anxiety and, and stress that we feel when we're trying to keep everything under control on our own. It frees us to, to relax and to just live the lives that God has created us to live. I mean, just imagine. Just imagine how much better your life would be if you really trusted deep down that God is going to give you what you need. Uh, imagine how much less exhausted you would be, how much less anxious, how much less stressed would you be if you really believed that? And as a result, how much better would your relationships be? How much more gratitude would you carry in your heart? Uh, how much more joy would you have in your heart if you really believed that, that God was going to give you everything that you need? Um, it's not easy. I know it's not easy for me. I'm guessing it's not easy for you either, but Jesus knows that about us. And so he says, it's okay. It's okay that it's not easy, but keep practicing this. Practice this in prayer. God, give us this day our daily bread and practice this every time you come together to celebrate communion where you can practice being dependent and receiving this bread from God. As we close here, I would invite us, as we've done the last couple of weeks, to, to just say the Lord's Prayer out loud together. If you're in a place where, where you can say it out loud, if uh, you're in a public place uh, listening to this or something and uh, you don't want to say it out loud, that's okay. Say it along uh, with us in your heart. But let's pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Well, friends, uh, if you are new to, to Kindred, I would love to connect with you. Um, there's a link in the video description, the podcast description here that says connect. If you click on that, leave me some contact information. Uh, I'd love to, to be able to reach out to you sometime this week. Uh, also, for those of you who are local, uh, we would love to see you in in-person worship. Online worship is great in so many ways. I know it's super convenient, uh, but there are just certain things about in-person worship that we can't replicate online, a communion being a one of those. Um, so if you're local, we would love to, to see you. Um, check out the video description here for the latest news and, and updates uh, from Kindred this week. Don't forget to come out to Kindred 101. If you're new to Kindred, we'd love to see you next Sunday. Uh, and with that, friends, I hope you have a great week and may the peace of Christ be with you. Listeners, this free resource and all of Kindred's ministries are supported by the generosity of people like you. Your giving changes lives, and it helps us to share and embody God's love. If you'd like to make a donation, you can do so on our website at www.kindrednc.church. Just select Give. You can find lots of ways to connect with our community on our website as well as on our social media pages. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time.